Welcome to the Northgate Church Podcast from the heart of Chester in the UK. Good morning, everybody. It's um, great to be here. My name is Steve. I'm part of the teaching team at um, Northgate Church. And uh, the subject that I'll be talking about this morning is something quite close to my heart. I actually changed the, the title a little bit yesterday. Um, there's, a, there's a Jewish word up there called Shalom. Um, we may or may not be familiar with that. Quite often it's translated in the Bible as peace, but it can be translated into all sorts of things. Unfortunately, there's no English equivalent to Shalom, but uh, we'll be digging a little bit deeper into the meaning of that. The brokenness is, is all around us in, in our identity, in who we are and in where we're going. And it's subject quite close to my heart for a number of reasons that will start to come out as we, we go through um, my talk this morning. But the whole, God never intended us to be experience all the brokenness that we will have and that will, will come at times in our lives. In the Garden of Eden, there was shalom, we, a wholeness, a completeness in identity. And God's purpose is that when we get to a state of renewal at, at the end, we will have shalom in completeness. But we're, we're in this intermediate period where at times we'll have come from brokenness into, into Christ, but at times we'll experience brokenness. So, so this is that's just a, a broad introduction to what, what I'll be saying. That's, um, well, first of all, well, why possibly are we, we broken? What's, what's going on? And uh, the Bible tells us why, and it's quite clear. Um, I've done a slide up here um, why identities are broken um, and it's down to three particular rebellions that, that, would that took place right at the beginning and sin came in and it's really messed up people's lives ever since the first one we're usually pretty familiar with it's the fall, Adam and Eve uh, they, they disobeyed a very simple instruction from the Lord and that led to death and separation from God. Genesis 6, perhaps not quite so wide, um, widely known, but that brought in all sorts of problems of depravity. It uh, mentions, the Bible mentions the sons of God, which are spiritual beings, um, marrying women. Um, I'm afraid that brought in such wickedness and depravity but that resulted from that um, 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 that negative spiritual input that it led to the Great Flood. And if that wasn't bad enough, we then had the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. People wanted to bring God down from the Tower into their temple. They wanted to bring God down into their level. God said, no way, Jose, you're on your own. And the people groups were fragmented all over the world, uh, all different ethnic groups and nationalities all over the place and confusion over language the meaning of words so it's it's not surprising that we've got problems with um, confusion over identity which we can see to this day and even Christians can sometimes um, not quite come to grips with what's going on here 
But the Bible says, what's the answer? And this is when we go to the New Testament. And of course, the answer is Jesus. Jesus came, he, he died on the cross, and he was resurrected. And he defeated death. And, and so we now have the promise of eternal life with, with our Abba Father. And so the separation from God came to an end. But that wasn't all. We, we also needed the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps us to be moral and to stand against depravity. And, and finally, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is a message that brings people groups right around the world together and, and, um, and starts to unravel things like confusion and things. So we, we, need, we, we, we need Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, and we need the, the written word, spoken word of God. I'm now going to show um, pretty a well-known uh, um, painting by Vincent van Gogh. We even had it uh, up a few weeks back. Um, Gerald shared it um, in, in the church. And it's a well-known parable, but perhaps not always necessarily well understood. Um, so this gives, uh, this is Vincent van Gogh's sort of interpretation of what may have happened. But on the left-hand side, you might better just about to see two characters disappearing into the background. One's the priest and one's the Levite. They represent religion. And if you notice that neither of them actually have a horse or donkey or means of transport, religion doesn't actually have any way of actually really helping you once you get to the nitty-gritty of it. But the Good Samaritan, he does. He's, he's got... Um, not only has the means to help, but he actually helps the injured man. And the injured man, he can't do anything to help himself. He's relying totally on, on the Good Samaritan to get him onto the donkey, to be taken to safety, and then a place of healing. Quite often, we're, we're told that the, what we need to be is the Good Samaritan, and, and there's, that, that's, that's great. But read the parable saying, that's impossible. The good Samaritan is Jesus. And the person being helped onto that donkey is actually me. And it's, it is you. It's, it's us that depend on Jesus totally. So that's great. We depend on Jesus. We're born again. We've got new life in Christ. It's, it's pretty wonderful, hey? We, um, New creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. But we have to be honest. Even as Christians, we, we can sin, we can be broken, we can go astray, we can lose our way. So there's a number of types of, of brokenness that I need to just sort of, sort of clarify before going much further. There's a brokenness which is actually very, which is a godly brokenness. It's when we see injustice and and awful things happening, that, that, that breaks Abba Father's heart and that can break and perhaps should break our heart when we see injustice, when we see things going wrong, when we see people not knowing the good news of Jesus, that can break our hearts. And that's something that is godly brokenness and that can draw us to God to, in, um, 
draw to us close to God and also impact us to actually do something about that brokenness that you see. And that can be all sorts of things. There's also a brokenness which, um, actually I just, just thought of sitting down there, was um, one of my sons has Crohn's disease and, and, and it's heartaching as a parent to, to see the brokenness in your son, both physically and emotionally, and the damage that some illnesses can have. So that's, that's another type of brokenness. Um, and it's, yeah, uh, yeah, so that's another type of brokenness. So another type is, um, is crisis events in our lives. And I'll be sharing a bit um, with Anne, my wife, a little bit later on about uh, a crisis that have affected us. Uh, but I'll go into that a bit further on. Um, so that could be things like bereavement, uh, losing a job, losing a house, that sort of thing. That, that can break us to a very core of who we are and who we see ourselves with, with God. As another sort, which really we, um, is when we lose sight of what God has for us and we, um, we actually perhaps tolerate some sin. We, we, we backslide a bit. We, we coast along. And, and there's that sort of brokenness too. But as we see... Our brokenness is, is no surprise at all to, to God. He, he know, knows it and understands it. And it's interesting, uh, I just, just read that from Luke 4, 18, 19, and I just talked briefly about this. So Jesus came into the, uh, the synagogue, and so one of his first recorded readings was from the book of Isaiah. So he said to the congregation, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. I've come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. There's, there's masses in there, really, but my focus was, was what really caught my eye was healing for the brokenhearted. And I always thought, well broken heart it perhaps didn't apply to me I didn't didn't really fully understand what broken heart it would meant so let's 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 dig down biblically to what that actually means and uh, and it was a bit of an eye-opener really and helped me really understand what Jesus has come to do and and that was the response of Jesus really to all the the evil that I mentioned from Genesis 6 that was in the world, all the brokenness. And it makes sense then what Jesus said. He, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. So broken is, is fractured, smashed and, and fractured and shattered. It's, it's a mess. Um, identities can be, a, and our lives can be a, at times a complete mess. Uh, it's not a neat break, it's not a little snap, but it's, it, you can be multiple mess and the heart which probably in our culture we think of as being much more our emotions is far more than that biblically speaking it's is talking about our mind it's talking about our conscience and it's very much our inner being and so at the bottom of the slide I put inwardly shattered 
So we could paraphrase brokenhearted as inwardly shattered. Um, so it, it's quite a mess. So that you can see why we need the healing of Jesus. So what do we do? Let's have a look. On this slide, um, I've put up some the triggers that often lead to brokenness, consequences, and how we typically respond. So, as I mentioned, crisis events can, can throw us completely. Uh, redundancy, <coughs> financial loss, relationship breakdowns. Um, it could be over, overwork that, that tears you apart. It could be all sorts of things. Uh, we, we can't do, always do much about that. That's part of life that we're going to face at some time. And there's other things that will lead to brokenness, which may not be quite so obvious. It could be our habits. And I put religion down there because if, we're, if, you, if, you live, if we live a religious life, we're creating barriers between Jesus and ourselves, And that will cause um, confusion in our identity because we no longer have that direct um, understanding of who Jesus is in our lives. So religion can be a problem, lack of faith, and tolerating sin in our lives can be a problem. Um, even things like people-pleasing can be a problem, because what we need to do is, is please God and not, not necessarily people. So we, we can get things the wrong way around, and even inadvertently end up with some brokenness in our lives. So the consequences can be, at times, quite dramatic. Uh, depression, being perhaps even being fearful over our own salvation. Um, anxiety can come in. Um, negative thought patterns. Is, and the wholeness is, is, our, is our whole, whole being. And it's, it's also known, really, that sometimes our diet can cause anxiety, our lifestyles can cause anxiety and depression. Um, so one of the things we do is we look at the ingredients on the packet and if you need to be a chemist to understand what you're eating, put the packet back. It might be a lovely pretty picture but put the packet back. You don't know what harm it's doing to you. It's not worth the risk. It's just not worth it. So so we can feel the consequences in our lives. How do we respond? And that's, that's down to us. That's our choice. So it depends what sort of crisis we're going through or whatever. It could be whatever it is, if we come to God in humility and repentance if needed and put ourselves in, in, in God's hands, trust in him, we can start to experience the wholeness and forgiveness that we need. The other possibility is that we just live in a bit of denial, really, that we coast along, that we accept um, the level of brokenness that we've got in our life and say, well, that's, that's my life. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm coping with that level of, 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 um, of, of stress and fragility or anxiety. But that's not really, that's just pushing things to one side. You're still just living with those negative thoughts that God never in, 
intended you to actually live with. I was looking through the, uh, through the garage and I came across a painting and, um, and, and this is it. It was painted over 30 years ago. It, it is actually a painting of me. Um, um, since then, I'm married with three children and I've got grey hair. So, um, so, I, so you might not, and less hair, so you may not uh, recognise me straight away. It is actually an unfinished work that uh, Anne, my wife, has, has uh, painted. And that represents I'm, I'm a work in progress. That's a symbolic, I'm a work in progress. I'm, I haven't got it all sussed or all sorted. And, uh, um, and, and actually, we're all various stages in works of progress. Um, I mentioned a bit earlier about um, inwardly shattered. And in 2006, I experienced that inwardly shattered experience as when I was made redundant. Um, and do you want to? Um, and the other thing to point out is with brokenness, we often think, oh, it's me, but actually it affects those around you. Um, it has waves and ripples. So um, it's, it's a story that the family sh share in. Thanks, Anne. I uh, wrote this down because I thought, otherwise I'll get it wrong. Um, I've, we've included this story uh, because it's an illustration that sin leads to brokenness and to consequences. But God uses the brokenness and the consequences to get our attention, to teach us about our own fragil uh, frailty and to show his ability to redeem. In 2003, Stephen and I and our three children moved house. We spent several years doing the house up, but we did not take into account how much it was costing us. The consequence was that we landed in huge debt. So much that we risked losing our home, and each month the debt grew larger as interest was added to it. At this point, Stephen was made redundant. He was uh, particularly broken. We had neither we had neither stewarded our money wisely, as the Bible instructs, or tithed our income. So we sat down together and we said that we were going to take God seriously. We would tighten our belts, live more thoughtfully, and tithe 10% of any money we had coming in. It seemed madness when we had less coming in than ever before. Stephen started studying for the job he now does, and I got a job which fitted in with the children. It was term time only, and I could drop and pick up the children from school. So the job was a real blessing from God. During the next 12 months, we did just as we'd promised before God. We cashed in a couple of life policies, which helped, and our debt began to tumble down. We were given money on some occasions, although we'd not made our situation known to anyone. And companies would send us refunds, which we were not expecting. By the end of 12 months, we were debt-free. Along with that, we had learned some important life lessons. I also put right at the beginning of that, 
we actually won a holiday to Florida. And someone said, if you'd known Steve was going to be redundant, you wouldn't have gone. Yes, we would have done. It was a fantastic holiday. By the end of the 12 months, we were given a check for £3,000, and we both went, hooray, we can go back to Florida. And then we remembered that we owed Stephen's parents £3,000, and the debt covered exactly the last bit of the debt. The check covered the last bit of debt that we owed, and it was just amazing. It was God's hand. We couldn't have done it on our own. It was God's provision. Thank you. Yes, our, um, yeah, we have ups and downs in our life. You know, not everything goes, goes perfectly, but um, God has always been faithful, and just and true to us. And, um, uh, yeah, and which really brings on to um, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, uh, which Lynn brought to us um, last Sunday. I, must admit, I, I had a fresh, real understanding of what that actually meant um, I spoke earlier of shalom, and I realized that, um, that the word used in plans to prosper you, prosper, was actually shalom, and that gave entirely different meaning to me about um, what Jeremiah 29, 11 was about. Uh, just read that. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So the plans... Uh, the, the word in scripture, uh, the original word is, is actually the thoughts. It's, it's like the mind of Christ. So it is a plan, but it, this is something in the thoughts of God that God's going to bring about. Um, and God brings about what he thinks. He, he brings that into being. The shalom, well, the, pro, the prosper is actually shalom, which, as you can see, is very wide-ranging. It's well-being, health, safety, prosperity, wholeness, completely, completeness. And that's, that's what God wants to bring into our lives. And the you is quite important because it's, it's not a singular you, it's a plural. Um, in the West, we, we often think about you as in me. <laughs> but but uh, quite often, it's... it's when God's speaking, he's talking about you in the plural, it's, it's us. And that can be significant for a number of things. One is we're, we're in, in this all together. You know, we, we have, even though we come from all over the place, we have shared experiences of God and, and brokenness and, and of healing. And also there's, there's, a, there's a truth in that, that shalom comes from God, yeah. the, the wholeness, but it also comes from being within a community of believers. Is, is as each of us actually bring our gifts and talents to, to bless others, that actually starts to bring wholeness and shalom to yourself. It's, it's interrelated. What we do to others comes back and helps us. Um, so, so, that, so it's important aspects to that. Time's moving on. Right, so this is the last slide. Uh, it's, uh, it's a good promise to, to, to claim, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. So just a few questions to think about. Do you feel broken? Are you aware of God's pure sovereignty 
in your lives? And what will you do to put yourself in that place to receive God's healing? Um, I've asked for a song to be played. Um, it's called Truth Be Told. I think it's a very meaningful song and very apt for what I've been sharing this morning. Uh, so I, um, um, so I think perhaps leave it there. But I hope it's what I said would be of some some help to people here. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Northgate Church Podcast. Find out more at northgate.org.uk or find us on social media by searching Northgate Church Chester. 